personal. Somebody say, take it personal. Look at your neighbor and say, take it personal, bro. Anybody taking notes tonight? Anybody taking notes? All my note takers. I'm preaching 27 minutes and 43 seconds, so you better stay with me. Somebody say, take it personal. You only say, don't take it personal when you're saying something and you don't want to offend someone, right? That's the only moment you say it. Uh, like delivering bad news. Hey, man, listen, she told me she doesn't like you. Don't take it personal, you know? Uh, how, how many moments do you say that in life? Like, hey, bro, dude, don't take this personal or anything. But you have, like, B.O., bro, like, for real. Or, hey, hey, don't take it personal, but, but blank. Uh, so many times in life, we say the phrase, don't take it personal. But listen, if you understood the power of people, if you loved someone enough Instead of saying, don't take it personal, guess what? We're, we become the church that starts to take things personal. Here's the thing. I, I want you to feel uncomfortable when people are being discouraged around you. I want you to feel convicted when someone around you is being gossiped about or being told lies about. You see, here's the thing. Usually people leave church because their reputation has mud all over it. But I want to be the building. I want to be the church. I want to be the young adult group that has so much grace for people. No matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've done, if you feel tomorrow, if you feel next week, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to take it personal. And whenever I see someone try to bring somebody down, I'm going to take it personal. Whenever I see a situation, bless you, where people are being cornered, God bless you. People are being cornered into a box. Whenever I see, you know, somebody bullying someone or gossiping, whenever I see people talk bad about people, whenever I see that, man, I want, I want us as a church to be convicted. Why? Because Jesus died for those people. And I want to take you on a journey back to the amazing days of high school. Can we do that for a second? Oh, gosh, no. It's on? It's ready? It's on? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Backhand, I'm better. <laughs> there we go. People in the podcast are like, what is going on right now? The mic died, so we got a new one. Took you the amazing times of high school. You guys remember those days? T -t Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm right. Weren't every single moment of high school wrapped around drama? Is it just me? Is it just my school? Is it just my friends? Is it just my life? Is my life just wrapped around drama? Let me know. Wasn't me like the, the best day was like the, the biggest drama day. Where like life was like the six minutes in between classes. Like, oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? You know? Man, drama, gossip, the what, what about everyone, right? Like, and, and, and it really, we kind of like gained energy off that stuff, right? What really, what really drove me crazy, like I'd see people fighting. Like fist fighting, guys. I went to Cypress Creek High School. Fist fighting. Um, freshman year is probably a fight every day. And I'd be in there and I'd be like, so they're fighting right now. But that started off with like Twitter stuff. So, so the, what bottles me, I'm bottled. How did this start from like a phone to like a fist in the face? Like how did that process go? Who was instigating? What's going on? And, like, I would look at this stuff and, like, oh, my God, they're really fighting. Like, 
drama was all about, like high school was all about drama. And it was all about this girl and that guy and this team and what they did then and, and what's happening here. And, and another thing, oh my God, beef. That was like the biggest word of high school. Like, yo, we got beef, we got beef. I don't know, we got beef, you got beef. If you don't know what beef means, guys, for those of you like, oh my God, what's what he talking about? Beef is like, you know, when there's like a, a dispute going on between two people, right? So you got beef, yeah, I got beef, or yo, they're beefing, right? Yo, they're, be oh, they're beefing. That was kind of like the highlight of the day. And you know what? I, I don't think that stops. I think when you graduate high school, you, you hate the drama. You, you kind of graduate from that mindset of looking for drama, but doesn't drama always seem to kind of still find you? Am I preaching to anybody in here tonight? Does drama, does drama still kind of find you sometimes? And you're like, I thought I graduated already. I ain't with this high school drama stuff. He said, she said. Have you found yourself saying that after you graduated? Come on, wave at me tonight if you're here. Cypress. <laughs> Cypress. It's hilarious. Drama sucks. And here's the thing. I'm going to encourage you. Ready, ready? Drama, gossip, and beef does not come from God. Whoa, so, so wait, if, if drama, beef, gossip, if that doesn't come from God, then why do we kind of like that stuff? Why, why do we feel kind of good about that stuff? That same feeling you get from drama is the same feeling you get from sin. Oh, I'm preaching. It's the same feeling that when you sin, you're like, oh, God, I'm just robbing somebody real quick. Or maybe oh, I'm doing this real quick. Hey, we're doing this. We're so bad. Oh, my God. That's the same feeling as being engulfed in drama. Sparking it up, if you were the instigator, me, <laughs> if, you were, if you were the person that, like, put the people together and go, ding, 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 that's not okay. And, it, and I remember I was getting to a crossroad when I was in high school. I started serving in church. I mean, like, for real. And this, this brought me to a crossroad where Wednesdays I was learning about Jesus and Thursdays I was asking people to fight. And I was caught in a crossroad because the Bible's telling me to love people, but I only love the people that looked like me, sounded like me, and talked like me. I was caught in a crossroad where I'm supposed to look at this gospel and say, love people. Come on, be there for people. Come on, if you love me, you're going to love people. The Bible says the world will know you're my believers, you're my followers because of how much you love each other. And I'll see verses like that, and it would challenge me. I'll be like, man, I want to get to that point. I want to get to that place. But then Thursday comes around, the day after church, and I find myself in the same predicament, doing the same things with the same people, belittling people, gossiping about people, putting others down, completely contradicting what I believed. And I want to talk to you about that tonight because we are called to take it personal. This series is actually about you. It's called People, but listen to me, be encouraged. It's actually about you. Our natural behavior is to separate, but God's plan for us is to be together. Did you know that? Our natural behavior is to separate. What does that mean? What does that mean? Okay, ready? Let's say we open the doors at 8, 8.30, right, and we had no chairs. Would you all be sit, sitting in a little circle singing Kubaya? You probably wouldn't. If we opened the doors, we had no chairs here, what would happen? You know, 13 people would go in this corner, 15 people go to that corner. People would just stay in the bathroom as long as possible until, you know, chairs come out of nowhere. Um, 
some guys are just like, just put your headphones on, like kick it, you know what I mean? Like super awkward, like nothing's going on in your phone, but you're just acting like you're doing so much stuff on your phone. You ever done that before? Like, put your phone out, like you got mad stuff talking about. Your phone is dry. You're just refreshing, 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 refreshing. <laughs> That's what, am I preaching tonight? We are naturally people of separation. But I love the Bible because the Bible always points to the person that I'm not going to be. But literally, because I have Jesus, that's who I want to be. You guys here tonight? So the Bible challenges us, challenges us and God challenges us. And, 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 and although we, we were called to separation through our flesh, God calls us to something greater. And although we're naturally bringing people down, and although some people, it's just natural to them, like, you know, snapping back. I didn't catch that snapping back till like, after I graduated. I was the worst snapbacker person ever. Like, some, like my girlfriend would say something to me, like, yeah, you big head. And I'd be like, yeah, you. Like, do something. <laughs> like, clean my room, come back. Yeah, that's why your nose big. She's like, you're like mad late, bro. I'm like, sorry, I'm just, just getting it. You guys just snap back to somebody. It took me so long to pick that up. <laughs> I'm a late bloomer. It's just so natural sometimes for us to bring people down, though, and to belittle people and to put people down. But, but I, want, I want to encourage you tonight. It, it, God is calling us to so much more. I believe the power in people because how you see people determines how you treat them. And, and, and if you love God, listen, if you love God, you'll love people amazingly. If you love people and you love God, you'll love people better. So there's this connection between loving God and loving people. And that's why, you know, the, the, the religious leaders of Jesus' time, they put him in a corner. And they said, Jesus, we want you to sum up all the commandments. I mean, tell us the most important commandment. I know there's so many commandments in this era, and there's ten in this era. But I want you to tell me, Jesus, you claim to be God. You claim to be the Son of God. Who are you? I want you to tell me what's the most important commandment. And I feel like that's many of us sometimes, right? We come in here like, listen, I just need you to tell me what I can do for tomorrow so I can be a good Christian. And that's what they did. They put him in a corner. You know what he said? Okay, the best, here goes the greatest commandment. He goes, here's all the commandments summed up, all the laws and all the prophets summed up. Ready? Love God with everything you got and love people like you love yourself. And I love how he says, love God and love people. He didn't say, love God, but love people. Because it's the same thing. It's the same thing. When you love God, you're naturally going to love people. I believe, listen, catch this. If this connection happens intimately and in an honest way, then this connection is just going to follow it. And that's the cross. If you connect purely, honestly with God, you're going to intimately connect and love people. That's just what's going to happen. And sometimes we try to separate it. The same way we try to separate our purpose with people is the same way we, 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 we sometimes separate God and people. And that's why you got mean Christians who love God, but, but they're all over Instagram damning people to hell. And, and you're missing them. You're missing it. You're missing it. God has not called you to push people away, but because you have this grace, but because you have this mercy, but because you have been forgiven of much, you can forgive and you can show love. You know, I had a friend in elementary school. His name was Ishmael. And Ishmael, it's a, it's a pretty cool name. Uh, but when you're in elementary school, that's not a cool name. Um, <laughs> I like the name Ishmael, but in middle school, that's not the best of names. Um, Ishmael used to get picked on. See, Ishmael, he was Jewish. It's not wrong being Jewish. 
But when your name is Ishmael and you're, and you're Jewish in elementary school, you're probably getting picked on. And, and like, he wasn't the coolest of kids. He, he was really, really for, and I was just like, dude, I love you, Ishmael. Like, you ever just sometimes, like, love people just for no reason? Because, hey, man, we're just connecting for some reason. This kid was picked on. So he was, he was like, labeled, you're the Jewish kid, and, and, and you're just, he had a lisp. There's nothing wrong with a lisp. But in elementary school, you're going to get picked on for having a lisp. And then he was a spitter. There's nothing wrong with any of these things, but when they add up on top of each other and you're in elementary school, you can't get picked on. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. And my buddy Ishmael, Dito, he, he would just cry all the time. You ever seen a crier? How many of you guys know a friend that would just always cry all the time? Like, like in middle school, you have that friend that's like crying like at like 7 a.m. in the bus. You're like, it's 7 a.m. Why are you crying? You like grab it, like, why are you crying? Like, it's too early to cry. You dumped me. Okay, get a chicken biscuit, call it a day. Put some grape jelly on that thing. <laughs> he was a natural crier. So, add those things up, he wasn't liked. And I liked him. I, I really loved the kid. I mean, I, and I think I, I kind of took like, like that big brother role. And I really cared for him. And, and, like, we had this cool little thing, like, at the drop-off, after-school drop-off, uh, pickup. sorry. Um, there was this one rich kid. You know that one rich kid that got beats on and headphones aren't allowed in school. You know that kid? Okay, whatever. That's you. You're that kid. <laughs> Just play. <laughs> okay, not play. Okay, so, yeah, we're in, the <laughs> we're in the pickup. This kid, his dad would come around all the time in the Mustang. We'd be like, Mustang, hey. Like, that was our song, like, me and Ishmael. Um, and I had another friend named Steve. Steve was cool. Steve was really, really cool. Uh, he had all the nicest Jordans. Uh, I only wore, like, these, these old Navy shoes. And, and like, I had the sandals. With the, I wore them with no socks. I got them at uh, Payless. Anybody shop at Payless? Payless is the spot. You better stop. You better stop. And so I had a really cool friend who everyone would be friends with. And then I had Ishmael. And I would walk with Ishmael. I'll talk with Ishmael. I'll laugh with Ishmael. I was Ishmael's only friend. And, 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 and listen to me. I, I want to use that as an analogy. I think we should be the church for the Ishmaels of our world. There's somebody in your environment right now that nobody's talking to, that nobody's acknowledging, that people are making fun of, that people are belittling. I mean, in your job. I mean, in, in school, wherever you find yourself the most, there is an Ishmael and people of faith, people who believe in Jesus, people who walk with grace. What are you doing with the Ishmaels around you? And here's the thing. As I work with leaders a lot and people of the faith that we try to graduate in God, uh, a lot of times, you know, uh, your heart for people does get exposed. And, and this, this allows me to see your heart because how are you going to love a God that is for people and not love people. You guys hear? How, how are you going to serve people and, and not have a heart for people? I mean, how are you going to hurt somebody's feelings and you're serving in church to serve people? I mean, that, it still bottles me. Um, but one of the, some of the stuff I hear uh, from a lot of people sometimes is, is, is this quote, and I, I'm quoting here. So if you, ever, if you ever tell me this quote, I want you to get convicted and be like, he preached about this, so I'm, I'm being a bad person. Uh, here's the quote. I didn't mean to hurt them. She or he's taking it personal. God knows my heart. 
I hear that so much. And I just want to clear the air really quickly. I just want to let the cat out of the bag. That is an irresponsible and insensitive thing to say. When you don't care how people feel, truly, you say, God knows my heart. They're just taking it personal. I didn't mean to hurt them. I didn't mean to damage them. I didn't mean to break them. I guess somewhere in my delivery, I guess somewhere in the way I carried myself, I guess somewhere in the way of me delivering the truth, I stepped on somebody's toes. But listen, I didn't mean to hurt them. God knows my heart. Only God can judge me. You don't want that to happen, bro. And let me explain to you why. So, like, my mom asked me the other day, John, can you take the candle from the nuke to the living room? And all right, mom, I'll take it. What's a nuke, right? What is that? What's a nuke? It's an area in my room, in my house, my mom calls the nuke. Does your mom call an area of your house a nuke? Is it just my mom? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> just trying to clear the air. Take it from the nuke to the living room. The only nuke I know is when you get 25 kills on Call of Duty. And my lady say hi. Thank you. Take the candle. So I take the candle. I'm on my way from the nuke. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> the nuke. My mom, I love my mom. To the living room. Somewhere in that walk, the candle falls and it breaks. And my mom's like, oh, my God. I trusted you with that thing. I paid $6.50 for that thing on sale. <laughs> Why'd you break it? You're so insensitive. If I carried the candle, I would have walked it carefully. You see, God's calling us to lead people. God's calling us to love people. And sometimes when we are insensitive, people are getting damaged and broken in the process. But if you truly care about something, woo, you'll care about it. You'll care about it. Listen to me. Insensitivity speaks on behalf of your heart. When you're insensitive, that is your heart speaking the loudest. Because if I was sensitive, then I would care about it and nothing would happen to it. But because I was insensitive, things happen. And here's the truth. The enemy doesn't want you to take things personal. The devil himself, listen to me, he does not want you to take things personal. When you feel like, oh, that's not my area, these aren't my people, I just don't really know them that much, I don't know, I'm not going to take it personal. The enemy wants you to not take it personal. Why? Because taking things personal on behalf of others makes you inclusive. You guys here tonight? When you take things personal, that means you care about people. When you take things personal, that means you care about the feelings of people. And the enemy doesn't want that. The enemy wants you to step on people's toes with God knowing your heart. <laughs> Go ahead. Hurt, hurt anyone you want to hurt. You know what you want to do. You know what you mean. But listen, if I'm a believer in Jesus, man, more than what I'm doing and what I'm saying, what matters more than that is what people are picking up of what I'm trying to say and what I'm trying to do. Because if I'm living for myself, then I'm all good. God knows my heart. But if I'm living for others, if I'm living to show love to people, then people's perceptions on my actions matters. Amen? You guys hear that? And, and, and I want to talk to you really quickly. If, if, if The next time you hear somebody tell you gossip, you have my permission to make them feel awkward. The next time someone talks about you, hey, you want to hear about this girl? I heard something. You're going to say, uh, you're an idiot. Stop. Stop. My pastor told me right now to call you stupid. 
and only now. <laughs> I love you. But stop bringing other people down so you can be lifted up. Stop putting other people's junk in the air just so you can hide yours better. Because if you truly love them, Christian, then you put their things away. You cover them with love and with grace. You see, sometimes we're in church and we're like, I, I can't do that. That's so hard. Listen, that's the gospel. This is the Bible. Anybody got a hardcover Bible on them? I'm such a bad Christian. Can I see that? Someone's like, yo, bro, I don't know, man. This homosexual thing. Man, it's getting, it's, it's, it's legal in so many other places. You know, when is the church going to graduate? I'm like, listen, if this Bible said that Hispanics had to wear white Monday through Fridays, then I'll be wearing a white T-shirt right now. Why? Because I'm not living for how I feel or what the world says is okay. I'm living by God's word. Hey, John, I, I don't know, man. Is getting drunk a sin? Is getting tipsy a sin? Is one beer a sin? Is six beer? What does the Bible say? Uh, are you going to love God based on what other people tell you to live for? You see, I, I'm not going to stand here and, and tell you what, what's necessarily right and wrong. I'm going to help you. I'm going to guide you as your pastor. I'm here to lead you. But, man, most of what you're supposed to figure out is between you and God and your relationship with God and the Bible. Stop looking on YouTube to figure out theology. Look into the Bible see what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you. He's speaking. just wanted to say that. Thank you, Dennis, for the Bible. Catch it. <laughs> You're in church. The enemy knows. Hear me. I'm about to be done. I'm almost done. Here, John. You here? Let's do it. You're the man. The enemy knows the secret of people. If my... If my purpose is attached to people and my purpose needs a partner, then the area that God wants to bless me the most could potentially be the area where the enemy wants to hurt me the most. Say that again. If my purpose is attached to people, so where God's taking me, that area is where I'm going to find people in that area. And if my, my way from here to my purpose, if people are with me through that whole journey, then that's where God wants to bless me the most. And that exact place could potentially be the place where the enemy wants to hurt me the most. You see, whenever you try to get off a relationship, you're always going to think about the relationships that went wrong. Whenever you're going to try to bring people into your life, you're automatically going to think about the people you pushed away from your life because of how much they hurt you. And the enemy, what he wants to do is, even right now, I mean, how many pastors have you had in your life preach to you? And you just, something just happened somewhere. I can't trust the church. I can't trust people. I can't trust boys. I, men are dogs. I can't trust girls. I can't trust these people. Because the enemy wants to lead you into a life secluded, alone, and exclusive. Because why? Why, friend? He wants to do that because that's the exact place that God wants to bless you. That's the exact place that God wants to bring blessing into your life. That's the exact place that God wants to grow you in. Here's the truth. Here's the truth. People always get into circles in which they sound, look, and act the same, right? So think about your best group of friends. You guys kind of laugh the same. <laughs> And then you got that one friend that's just like, uh-huh. And he's like, why are you so extra? We don't laugh like that around here. We ain't on that level. We're on the, uh-huh. And you're on the, uh-huh. And we ain't rolling like that, dog. So you got to come to us. That's what we do as people. 
We always hang around people that look like us, act like us, talk like us, walk like us. But listen, listen. There is something different between each and every one of us. In high school, you walked, you talked, you acted like those people around you. You tried to do that in college and after high school, but you literally came kind of somewhere in your life. Raise your hand if this is you. You understood that, man, everybody's kind of an individual. Everyone's kind of just a little bit different. There's something different. Even though we walk the same, act the same from the same block, from the same hood, from the same school, in the same thing, looking the same way, we're still kind of different. And here's the truth. The enemy wants to shun differences, but as the body, we must celebrate them. The people who are picked on, they're different. The people who are excluded in school, in any environment, they're different. The people who are pushed aside, they're different. The people who are secluded and just thrown into the corners and made fun of and are gossiped about and are thrown like mud all over their reputation, those are the people who are different. But listen, we become the church of Christ when we accept and celebrate the differences that we are. We're going to celebrate that. Man, you play the keys so good, John. So good. So good. So good. So good. I am not John. I mean, I'm John, but I'm not. You get it. He's different. He's different. <laughs> I was trying not to do that this whole time. It just happened. Where's Marky? I'm playing. <laughs> He's different than me. And listen, I celebrate his difference. In the body of Christ, listen, that's why we're called the body of Christ, not the peace of Christ. We're not called the arm of Christ. We're called the body because he may be an arm and I might be a leg. And we're going to celebrate these differences. Not everyone could be a keyboard player. Imagine all y'all behind keyboards. All through stage. <laughs> the heck is that going to look like? Imagine all you guys with a mic up here talking to, talking to chairs. Some of you guys, you get up behind here, you feel like barfing. And listen, we celebrate that. That doesn't mean you're less spiritual. That doesn't mean you're less of me. We're going to celebrate that. God has something for you. It's a grace gift. He made it for you. So as the church, we celebrate differences, although the enemy tries to shun differences. Listen, and that works in relationships too. Yeah, oh my God, me and my boyfriend, we're a perfect match. We're the same person. <laughs> we're the same, but he's me with a wig, you know. He puts a wig on, he's me. I don't think that's healthy. I don't think that's healthy. Here's why. Because, like, my girlfriend, we're like opposites. We're opposites. I'm hungry, she's not hungry. <laughs> it's a little tough. I'm a little pissed, she's happy. This is the usual case. She's a little pissed, I'm excited. She's like, you're way too excited right now, you're so annoying. That's my girl voice, you're so annoying. I feel like just like, you know, just give me some space. She wants to give me a hug. We're, we're always just on different levels. When I feel like I look ugly, I look ugly today, I just look ugly, like I, She's like, I feel amazing. I feel great. And when I feel amazing, she, she always feels amazing. She feels amazing. You like that. 
You like that. So wait, I was waiting on that all day. <laughs> we have to celebrate the differences in us. You got to celebrate it. How can, I, how can I be a positive person if I'm always negative, surrounded by negativity? How can I be a person, how can I be a person who's going to lift my eyes up to see Jesus when my eyes are always down? You need to surround yourself with people who are different than you. Look around for a second. Beautiful faces in here. Awesome. You guys are great. Put on your Friday's best. Listen. You like that. In here is the people that are going to lead you to your purpose. Y'all believe that? Anybody got faith in the room tonight? Here's the truth. You will either appreciate or celebrate differences, but you cannot do both. You would either appreciate or celebrate differences, but you cannot do both. I want to read to you a passage really quickly. Because here's the thing, guys. Hear me. I, I, want, I want this sermon series for, to change the way you see that girl in the line at Target at like 3 p.m. Why? Because that's just a regular moment. It's just a regular day. It's just a regular time. It's just a regular line. No, no, no. That's a person. And God wants to do something amazing through her. And he's going to do it through you. Being a person that's all about people. Because God wants you to reach people. God wants you to love people. God wants you to look at people with the way he sees people. God wants you to look at people the way he looked at you when you weren't saved. Ooh. Remember those days? I'm talking to Jeffrey today. He's He's like, he's like, I'm not even going to say it, but <laughs> he has this thing. He has this thing. So we'll say, we'll say stories. We'll talk about like, you know, life. And he's like, yeah, man, but that was BC. That was before Christ. That was before Christ. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? It's like AD, BC, you know, hey, I did that BC, all right? <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but, but <laughs> I totally got lost. But <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's great. Oh, this is where I was going with this. I found it. There we go. It's because before, before there was a BC, right? But before there was an AD, there was a BC. There was a person in you that wasn't always in church, all right? There was a person in you that wasn't always worshiping, you know? There was a person. I mean, that's still kind of awkward with you. Let's figure it out together, right? Keep coming. We'll end up worshiping. So there was something in you that wasn't always the best Christian ever. So how did you get from there to here, people? The grace of God. So, so what is stopping us from multiplying the church? Us seeing that in other people. What is stopping us from, from the people we invited, bringing them back again, seeing them grow, seeing them love God, seeing them doing student leadership, seeing them serving, seeing their life getting changed, seeing them step up in the things of the Lord? What's changing all that? What's in the way? Me. Because somebody saw something in me, and now I'm where I'm at. So what's, what's my job now? To see something in somebody else. My job is to multiply. Multiply the disciples. It says in Isaiah... Let me show you what Jesus did. See, Isaiah is not a New Testament book. It's an Old Testament book. Right, Kevin? There we go. <laughs> Look at me like, nah, that's not right. It is right. Look what, they, look what they wrote about Jesus. So we despised him and rejected him. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, who came and died for who? For people. We despised him and rejected him. Worship team, come up. He endured suffering and pain. So the, the, what he did to die for me, it wasn't easy. He, he suffered. He went through pain. 
No one would even look at him. We ignored him as if he were nothing. This is crazy. But he endured the suffering that should have been ours. So he took the price that I should have been paying. The pain that we should have borne. All the while we thought his, we thought that his suffering was punishment sent by God. But because of our sins, he was wounded, beaten because of the evil that we did. We are healed by the punishment that he suffered. We are made whole by the blows that he received. Listen, the price Jesus paid for people wasn't an easy price. You guys here tonight? The people we walk by all the time, the people we kind of just reject, the people we kind of just overlook, there was a price paid for that person. Jesus came and died for all people. I mean, he didn't just die. He died the worst death ever. The worst death. You, can even, you can't even, even fathom how bad his death was. Like he was on the cross and next to him were two criminals that deserved it. And he didn't deserve it, but he did it for who? For people. For people. You got to catch this. You got to catch this. I hope we see people differently because God wants to love you like crazy. God wants to love you like crazy. And then we ask people, here's a good question to ask somebody. What, what, what are you stopping God from loving you from because he really loves you? What, what's in the way? Sin? He paid for it. What's in the way? Your lifestyle? Come on, he's for you right now. Even when you're still a sinner, he died for you. Come on, what, what are you waiting for to come home? I love this analogy. I love this analogy. Ready, ready? God is, God is at the porch waiting for those who have wandered to come back home. I mean, God's not like sitting in his bedroom somewhere like... I let them leave. They're going to come back anytime soon. Stumbling by my, my house talking about, God, I'm back. Forgive me. No, no, no. He's in the porch. He's in the porch like this. They left. I, when are they coming back? Come back. Come back to me. I died for you. I made a way for you. I love you. And then what does he do? He sends his Christians out there. Come on, you're saved. Go reach people. Go. Go get them. Go in every corner. Come on, go. Go work at that job. You're going to be at that job to reach that person. You're going to be in this class three times. You're going to pay a lot of money, but you're going to be there because that third time you take that class. Come on, there's going to be somebody that is so far from me. I want you to reach them. I want you come on, go get those who are ostracized. Go get those who are bullied. Go get those who are broken. Go get those who are, come on, they're separated. Go love on those people because I'm waiting. Come on, I'm begging them to come back. God doesn't say, oh, you left my house, peace out, bro. No, he says, come back whenever you want. I'm still here waiting to love you. And our job, when we're out there, come on, we're in the field, y'all. We're in the field. I see church as a gas station. You come in, you fill in, you out. And we stay full throughout the week for what? To reach people. To spread this love to take the gospel to every edge and corner of our life. We're different for a reason. There's people you can reach that I can never reach. There's people in your class, in your job, in your environment that I can never reach. And there's a reason for that because God has purpose for you. I will take it personal because Jesus did. I will fight for what Jesus died for. That's my job. Jesus didn't die in vain. Come on, I'm a Christian. He died for me to live this thing out. He died for me to be personal. Amen. You receive that tonight? You guys receive that? Amen. Just go ahead and bow your heads. Close your eyes.
head bowed, your eye closed. This moment is just you and God. This right now, hear me. Right now the Holy Spirit is convicting you. The Holy Spirit is showing you a new way. The Holy Spirit is showing you something. that Some, some of us, we saw people like 7-Eleven. Like you just go in and get what you want and leave. No, 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 no. God, God wants you to see people as something valuable. God wants you to see people how he sees people. God wants you to see a, purpose as an, a person as an opportunity. But listen, every head by your close. Sometimes the best way to love people is to love God first. Ooh, come on, sometimes the best way to love people is to love God first. So if you're here tonight and you've never made a decision to say yes to Jesus, I mean, you've never taken that step before. On the count of three, unafraid, unashamed, be encouraged. Come on, you're in a place of love. You're in a place of acceptance. We love you. We're here for you. Come on, we, 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 want, we, wanted, we wanted to start with us. Come on, the encouragement. Come on, the love all over this place. On the count of three, if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Savior, if you want to make a decision tonight, come on, that would change your life forever. And say, Pastor, I'm going to respond to tonight's talk. Come on, I want to be saved. Come on, I want to be a child of God. Come on, I want to turn my life around through the power and the blood of Jesus. If that's you here tonight and you want to make that decision, come on, we've all made it here. On the count of three, shoot your hand up, unafraid, unashamed. If that's you, you want Jesus tonight. On the count of three, come on, don't be ashamed. Come on, God is waiting for you at his porch. Come on, as you wander, he runs after you. This is your moment. If you want Jesus, shoot your hand up right now. Unafraid, unashamed. One, two, three. You want Jesus, shoot your hand up. Shoot your hand up. One hand. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, can you stand up right now and give God some worship? You can do better than that, new birth. Come on, can we stand up? Can we sing that song?